Section 17 of A Wonder Book for Girls and Boys. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Wonder Book for Girls and Boys by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Chapter 17 The Miraculous Pitcher, Part 2. Baucus had now got supper ready, and coming to the door began to make apologies for the poor fare which he was forced to set before her guests. "'Had we known you were coming,' said she, "'my good man and myself would have gone without a morsel, rather than you should lack a better supper. But I took the most part of today's milk to make cheese, and our last loaf is already half-eaten.' "'Ah, oh, me!' I never feel the sorrow of being poor, save when a poor traveller knocks at our door. All will be very well. Do not trouble yourself, my good dame, replied the elder stranger kindly. An honest, hearty welcome to a guest works miracles with a fair, and is capable of turning the coarsest food to nectar and ambrosia. A welcome you shall have, cried Baucus, and likewise a little honey that we happen to have left and a bunch of purple grapes besides. "'Why, Mother Barkus, it is a feast!' exclaimed Quicksilver, laughing. "'An absolute feast, and you shall see how bravely I will play my part at it. I think I've never felt hungrier in my life.' "'Mercy on us!' whispered Baucus to her husband. "'If the young man has such a terrible appetite, I'm afraid there will not be half enough supper.' They all went into the cottage. And now, my little auditors, shall I tell you something that will make you open your eyes very wide? It is really one of the oddest circumstances in the whole story. Quicksilver's staff, you recollect, had set itself up against the wall of the cottage. Well, when its master entered the door, leaving this wonderful staff behind, what should it do but immediately spread its little wings and go hopping and fluttering up the doorsteps? Tap! tap went the staff on the kitchen floor nor did it rest until it had stood itself on end with the greatest gravity and decorum beside quicksilver's chair old philemon however as well as his wife was so taken up in attending to their guests that no notice was given to what the staff had been about as baucus had said there was but a scanty supper for two hungry travellers in the middle of the table was the remnant of a brown loaf, with a piece of cheese on one side of it, and a dish of honeycomb on the other. There was a pretty good bunch of grapes for each of the guests. A moderately sized earthen pitcher, nearly full of milk, stood at a corner of the board, and when Baucus had filled two bowls and set them before the strangers, only a little milk remained in the bottom of the pitcher. Alas, it is a very sad business when a bountiful heart finds itself pinched and squeezed among narrow circumstances. Poor Baucus kept wishing that she might starve for a week to come, if it were possible by so doing, to provide these hungry folks a more plentiful supper. And since the supper was so exceedingly small, she could not help wishing that their appetites had not been quite so large. 
why at their very first sitting down the travellers both drank off all the milk in their two bowls at a draught a little more milk kind mother baucis if you please said quicksilver the day has been hot and i am very much athirst now my dear people answered baucis in great confusion i'm so sorry and ashamed but the truth is there is hardly a drop more milk in the pitcher oh husband husband why didn't we go without our supper why it appears to me cried quicksilver starting up from the table and taking the pitcher by the handle it really appears to me that matters are not quite so bad as you represent them here is certainly more milk in the pitcher so saying and to the vast astonishment of baucis he proceeded to fill not only his own bowl but his companions likewise from the pitcher that was supposed to be almost empty the good woman could scarcely believe her eyes she had certainly poured out nearly all the milk and had peeped in afterwards and seen the bottom of the pitcher as she set it down upon the table but i am old thought baucis to herself and apt to be forgetful i suppose i must have made a mistake at all events the pitcher cannot help being empty now after filling the bowls twice over what excellent milk observed quicksilver after quaffing the contents of the second bowl excuse me my kind hostess but i must really ask you for a little more now baucis had seen as plainly as she could see anything that quicksilver had turned the pitcher upside down and consequently had poured out every drop of milk in filling the last bowl of course there could not possibly be any left however in order to let him know precisely how the case was she lifted the pitcher and made a gesture as if pouring milk into quicksilver's bowl but without the remotest idea that any milk would stream forth what was her surprise therefore when such an abundant cascade fell bubbling into the bowl that it was immediately filled to the brim and overflowed upon the table the two snakes that were twisted about quicksilver's staff but neither baucis nor philemon happened to observe this circumstance stretched out their heads and began to lap up the spilt milk and then what a delicious fragrance the milk had it seemed as if philemon's only cow must have pastured that day on the richest herbage that could be found anywhere in the world i only wish that each of you my beloved little souls could have a bowl of such nice milk at supper time and now a slice of your brown loaf mother baucis said quicksilver and a little of that honey baucis cut him a slice accordingly and though the loaf when she and her husband ate of it had been rather too dry and crusty to be palatable it was now as light and moist as if but a few hours out of the oven tasting a crumb which had fallen on the table she found it more delicious than bread ever was before and could hardly believe that it was a loaf of her own kneading and baking and yet what other loaf could it possibly be but oh the honey i may just as well let it alone without trying to describe how exquisitely it smelt and looked its colour was that of the purest and most transparent gold and it had the odour of a thousand flowers but of such flowers as never grew in an earthly garden 
and to seek which the bees must have flown high above the clouds the wonder is that after alighting on a flower-bed of so delicious fragrance and immortal bloom they should have been content to fly down again to their hive in philemon's garden never was such honey tasted seen or smelt the perfume floated around the kitchen and made it so delightful that had you closed your eyes you would instantly have forgotten the low ceiling and smoky walls and have fancied yourself in an arbor with celestial honeysuckles creeping over it although good mother baucis was a simple old dame she could not but think that there was something rather out of the common way in all that had been going on so after helping the guests to bread and honey and laying a bunch of grapes by each of their plates she sat down by philemon and told him what she had seen in a whisper did you ever hear the like asked she no i never did answered philemon with a smile and i rather think my dear old wife you've been walking about in a sort of dream if i had poured out the milk i should have seen through the business at once there happened to be a little more in the pitcher than you thought that is all ah husband said baucis say what you will these are very uncommon people well well replied philemon still smiling perhaps they are they certainly do look as if they had seen better days and i am heartily glad to see them making so comfortable a supper each of the guests had now taken his bunch of grapes upon his plate baucis who rubbed her eyes in order to see the more clearly was of opinion that the clusters had grown larger and richer and that each separate grape seemed to be on the point of bursting with ripe juice it was entirely a mystery to her how such grapes could have ever been produced from the old stunted vine that climbed against the cottage wall very admirable grapes these observed quicksilver as he swallowed one after another without apparently diminishing his cluster pray my good host whence did you gather them from my own vine answered philemon you may see one of its branches twisting across the window yonder but wife and i never thought the grapes very fine ones i never tasted better said the guest another cup of this delicious milk if you please and i shall then have supped better than a prince this time old philemon bestirred himself and took up the pitcher for he was curious to discover whether there was any reality in the marvels which baucis had whispered to him he knew that his good old wife was incapable of falsehood and that she was seldom mistaken in what she supposed to be true but this was so very singular a case that he wanted to see into it with his own eyes on taking up the pitcher therefore he slyly peeped into it and was fully satisfied that it contained not so much as a single drop all at once however he beheld a little white fountain which gushed up from the bottom of the pitcher and speedily filled it to the brim with foaming and deliciously fragrant milk it was lucky that philemon in his surprise did not drop the miraculous pitcher from his hand who are ye wonder-working strangers cried he even more bewildered than his wife had been your guests my good philemon 
and your friends replied the elder traveller in his mild deep voice that had something at once sweet and awe-inspiring in it give me likewise a cup of the milk and may your pitcher never be empty for kind bacchus and yourself any more than for the needy wayfarer the supper being now over the strangers requested to be shown to their place of repose the old people would gladly have talked with them a little longer and have expressed the wonder which they felt and their delight at finding the poor and meagre supper prove so much better and more abundant than they hoped but the elder traveller had inspired them with such reverence that they dared not ask him any questions and when philemon drew quicksilver aside and inquired how under the sun a fountain of milk could have got into an old earthen pitcher this latter personage pointed to his staff there is the whole mystery of the affair quoth quicksilver and if you can make it out i'll thank you to let me know i can't tell what to make of my staff it's always playing such odd tricks as this sometimes getting me a supper and quite as often stealing it away if i had any faith in such nonsense i should say the stick was bewitched he said no more but looked so slyly in their faces that they rather fancied he was laughing at them the magic staff went hopping at his heels as quicksilver quitted the room when left alone the good old couple spent some little time in conversation about the events of the evening and then lay down on the floor and fell fast asleep they had given up their sleeping-room to the guests and had no other bed for themselves save these planks which i wish had been as soft as their own hearts the old man and his wife were stirring betimes in the morning and the strangers likewise arose with the sun and made their preparations to depart philemon hospitably entreated them to remain a little longer until baucis could milk the cow and bake a cake upon the hearth and perhaps find them a few fresh eggs for breakfast the guests however seemed to think it better to accomplish a good part of their journey before the heat of the day should come on they therefore persisted in setting out immediately but asked philemon and baucis to walk forth with them a short distance and show them the road which they were to take so they all four issued from the cottage chatting together like old friends it was very remarkable indeed how familiar the old couple insensibly grew with the elder traveller and how their good and simple spirits melted into his even as two drops of water would melt into the illimitable ocean and as for quicksilver with his keen quick laughing wits he appeared to discover every little thought that but peeped into their minds before they suspected it themselves they sometimes wished it is true that he had not been quite so quick-witted and also that he would fling away his staff which looked so mysteriously mischievous with the snakes always writhing about it but then again quicksilver showed himself so very good-humoured that they would have been rejoiced to keep him in their cottage staff snakes and all every day and the whole day long ah me well a day exclaimed philemon when they had walked a little way from their door 
if our neighbors only knew what a blessed thing it is to show hospitality to strangers they would tie up all their dogs and never allow their children to fling another stone it is a sin and shame for them to behave so that it is cried good old baucis vehemently and i mean to go this very day and tell some of them what naughty people they are i fear remarked quicksilver slyly smiling that you will find none of them at home the elder traveller's brow just then assumed such a grave stern and awful grandeur yet serene withal that neither baucis nor philemon dared to speak a word they gazed reverently into his face as if they had been gazing at the sky when men do not feel towards the humblest stranger as if he were a brother said the traveller in tones so deep that they sounded like those of an organ they are unworthy to exist on earth which was created as the abode of a great human brotherhood and by the by my dear old people cried quicksilver with the liveliest look of fun and mischief in his eyes where is this same village that you talk about on which side of us does it lie methinks i do not see it hereabouts philemon and his wife turned toward the valley where at sunset only the day before they had seen the meadows the houses the gardens the clump of trees the wide green margin street with children playing in it and all the tokens of business enjoyment and prosperity but what was their astonishment there was no longer any appearance of a village even the fertile vale in the hollow of which it lay had ceased to have existence in its stead they beheld the broad blue surface of a lake which filled the great basin of the valley from brim to brim and reflected the surrounding hills in its bosom with as tranquil an image as if it had been there ever since the creation of the world for an instant the lake remained perfectly smooth then a little breeze sprang up and caused the water to dance glitter and sparkle in the early sunbeams and to dash with a pleasant rippling murmur against the hither shore the lake seemed so strangely familiar that the old couple were greatly perplexed and felt as if they could only have been dreaming about a village having lain there but the next moment they remembered the vanished dwellings and the faces and characters of the inhabitants far too distinctly for a dream the village had been there yesterday and now was gone alas cried these kind-hearted old people what has become of our poor neighbors they exist no longer as men and women said the elder traveller in his grand and deep voice while a roll of thunder seemed to echo it at a distance there was neither use nor beauty in such a life as theirs for they never softened or sweetened the hard lot of mortality by the exercise of kindly affections between man and man they retained no image of the better life in their bosoms therefore the lake that was of old has spread itself forth again to reflect the sky and as for these foolish people said quicksilver with his mischievous smile they are all transformed to fishes there needed but little change for they were already a scaly set of rascals and the coldest blooded beings in existence so kind mother baucis whenever you or your husband have an appetite for a dish of broiled trout 
he can throw in a line and pull out half a dozen of your old neighbors ah cried baucis shuddering i would not for the world put one of them on the gridiron no added philemon making a wry face we could never relish them as for you good philemon continued the elder traveller and you kind baucis you with your scanty means have mingled so much heartfelt hospitality with your entertainment of the homeless stranger that the milk became an inexhaustible fount of nectar and the brown loaf and the honey were ambrosia thus the divinities have feasted at your board off the same viands that supply their banquets on olympus you have done well my dear old friends wherefore request whatever favour you have most at heart and it is granted philemon and baucis looked at one another and then i know not which of the two it was who spoke but that one uttered the desire of both their hearts let us live together while we live and leave the world at the same instant when we die for we have always loved one another be it so replied the stranger with majestic kindness now look towards your cottage they did so but what was their surprise on beholding a tall edifice of white marble with a wide-open portal occupying the spot where their humble residence had so lately stood there is your home said the stranger beneficently smiling on them both exercise your hospitality in yonder palace as freely as in the poor hovel to which you welcomed us last evening the old folks fell on their knees to thank him but behold neither he nor quicksilver was there so philemon and baucis took up their residence in the marble palace and spent their time with vast satisfaction to themselves in making everybody jolly and comfortable who happened to pass their way the milk pitcher i must not forget to say retained its marvellous quality of being never empty when it was desirable to have it full whenever an honest good-humoured and free-hearted guest took a draught from this pitcher he invariably found it the sweetest and most invigorating fluid that ever ran down his throat but if a cross and disagreeable curmudgeon happened to sip he was pretty certain to twist his visage into a hard knot and pronounce it a pitcher of sour milk and thus the old couple lived in their palace a great great while and grew older and older and very old indeed at length however there came a summer morning when philemon and baucis failed to make their appearance as on other mornings with one hospitable smile overspreading both their pleasant faces to invite the guests of overnight to breakfast the guests searched everywhere from top to bottom of the spacious palace and all to no purpose but after a great deal of perplexity they espied in front of the portal two venerable trees which nobody could remember to have seen there the day before and yet there they stood with their roots fastened deep in the soil and a huge breadth of foliage overshadowing the whole front of the edifice one was an oak and the other a linden tree their boughs it was strange and beautiful to see 
were intertwined together and embraced one another so that each tree seemed to live in the other tree's bosom much more than in its own while the guests were marvelling how these trees that must have required at least a century to grow could have come to be so tall and venerable in a single night a breeze sprang up and set their intermingled boughs astir then there was a deep broad murmur in the air as if the two mysterious trees were speaking i am old philemon murmured the oak i am old baucis murmured the linden tree but as the breeze grew stronger the trees both spoke at once philemon baucis baucis philemon as if one were both and both were one and talking together in the depths of their mutual heart it was plain enough to perceive that the good old couple had renewed their age and were now to spend a quiet and delightful hundred years or so philemon as an oak and baucis as a linden tree and oh what a hospitable shade did they fling around them whenever a wayfarer paused beneath it he heard a pleasant whisper of the leaves above his head and wondered how the sound should so much resemble words like these welcome welcome dear traveller welcome and some kind soul that knew what would have pleased old baucis and old philemon best built a circular seat around both their trunks where for a great while afterwards the weary and the hungry and the thirsty used to repose themselves and quaff milk abundantly out of the miraculous pitcher and i wish for all our sakes that we had the pitcher here now end of section seventeen